Blog Talk Radio. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Each world religion composes a piece of the mosaic pattern of God. Each holds an equal value, size, and purpose. There is no reason that one denomination should possess more physical, earthly, or spiritual power over another. It is when all these pieces are assembled together that one perfect reflection of God may be seen. Page 170, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown. They say nowadays there's a higher percentage that each one of us at some point in our lives will be touched and directly impacted by a violent crime of some sort. Whether it's through domestic disputes or mass murders like the one we've all endured through the last couple of months, chances are pretty high that each one of us at one point or time is going to be affected by these heinous crimes. You know, when I was first asked to join the and join the authors and be a team part of Time's Up by my beloved Susan Murphy Milano and Delilah at Imagine Publicity, I was honored to be writing my thoughts from an observer point of view. And my heart would ache every time I'd read these posts after posts of people suffering losses at the hands of another person's sick behavior. And I have to admit, up to this point, I've been able to stay on the fringes of those kind of tragedies. But something in my gut, this anonymous foreshadowing feeling inside of me for a very long time was telling me that sometime in the near future, I too would join the statistics of my fellow writers on Time's Up. The ironic part of it all is you never know when and you never know how, and there's really no way to prevent or prepare for an event like this. You just simply have to wait your turn and hope that you have enough courage and spiritual strength to get you to the other side of healing the best you can. As many of you know by now, there's been another senseless act of murder here in America. We were all just starting to heal from the horrific event that occurred in Aurora, Colorado several weeks ago, And now we're all devastated once again and taken to the depths of that tragedy and sorrow by the events that happened in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, where a lone gunman raided the Gurdwara, which is a temple, on a Sunday morning where religious Sikhs were gathering for their weekly services. When it was all done and finished, there were six killed members and one gunman himself, and leaving others wounded, including the brave Milwaukee police officer. 
who is now in critical condition and to a certain extent fighting to stay on this planet. This is where my story begins and where I'll tell you how it's going to finish. I'm not one for speaking about my personal journey with God in great detail. In fact, I'm very protective and somewhat loyal to my own journey and my own personal story. I really truly believe there's certain things that should remain sacred in a person's life and you don't need to share with the whole world unless you feel compelled to do so within your heart to tell your own personal story with God. I don't do this because I'm trying to hide anything. It's more because my relationship with my God and spirit has become so wordless that it's hard to describe the feelings that I have towards the connection and the reverence I have for this connection. It's become so deep now, it's almost unexplainable to others, which is somewhat ironic and counterintuitive because my whole life has been in the church as a Christian minister's daughter, and now in my own adult life, I have this calling that I have to complete, as you all know. I've always envied those people that are able to articulate at a drop of a hat their love and devotion that they carry in their hearts for the vision that they see in spirit. For me, on the other hand, I'm more contemplative about the subject, and I'm always getting myself in trouble with Delilah and Susan at Time's Up because it takes me forever to write down in four paragraphs a written dialogue about what I want to say to the world. I literally meticulously go over every word to make sure it says what I need it to say, and it doesn't come easy for me. And that's the way I have felt in the last years of my own spiritual journey. I had plateaued to a place where I was comfortable with what I was learning, but I knew there was something more that needed to be taught and find within myself. I wasn't sure where I was going to find it, and I knew in my heart that there was a gap between what I was living in the world and what I was feeling in the world, and I wanted to be with a group of people that could understand the same kind of spiritual essence I was feeling on the inside. I don't know if any of you have ever had that, but it feels so strange to be so in love with the essence of God's spirit and not have a group of people around you that can support and echo those same feelings. I got into the place where I understood that the animal kingdom depended on the plant kingdom. And the human kingdom depends on the survival of the planet. And the planet gives it all back and it comes back to one big circle. I had been looking for dozens of years to find a group that I could worship with and talk and converse with that would accept all of me. My own intuition and my gut feelings that I had for spirit and the way that I lived my life. Years ago, I owned a day spa, and this beautiful, and I mean beautiful, stunning, lanky, tall client came into my day spa. She was one of those kind of women you couldn't really take your eyes off, and she had this 
essence to her that I wanted to know more about, but I wasn't really sure what it was all about. Slowly, she became a client of mine, and she started sharing her life with me and her own path of her faith-based spirituality. I had no idea what she was talking about. I had glimpses of it. And you have to remember, I'm a typical Christian girl that grew up in the Midwest. I have morals and values based in my own Christianity. But I'd always been curious spiritually about other faiths. Not so much that I wanted to convert or take on their religious practices, but just wanted to explore the vision of what God looked like in the eyes of someone else. Well, our relationship grew from there, and I finally found out that she belonged to the Sikh family of religious worshipers. At this time, I really didn't understand what it meant, but I knew that I wanted to explore more because the way she was talking about was lining up with what I was looking for in my own life. She talked about living a peaceful existence, and how all the universe worked together and energetically, and how everything, every piece, everything, and she had a calmness to her that I didn't seem to have within myself. The Sikh religion represents one of the youngest of the world's religions, and in some way, it's the most misunderstood one as well. So many people at this point take advantage and see only the first glance of what they represent as a religion and immediately separate it into a category with other religions that they simply don't abide by because of their turbans and their long hair and their beards and the women that live in their traditional Indian attire. We immediately go to that judgmental place in our minds and our hearts and we separate them into a crowd we don't want to know about. But because of the circumstances that has come forth of this sad and tragic event, we now have the opportunity to lay everything on the table and have honest communication about ourselves, the Sikh community, and how we can all learn and grow into a greater awareness and understanding of inner faith relationships without fear and without hesitation that we will become something we simply will not become. After the break, I want to discuss the faith as a whole and some of the misunderstandings that we think of when we see these people out on the street and share a few of my own insights that I've gotten over the dozen years I've been together with this group of people specifically the Oak Creek, Seek, and Milwaukee Temple. We'll be right back after this break.
looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. Welcome back after, I'm sorry, before the break I was talking about um, the Sikh religion in general and the event. The first thing I want to say is a shout out to all those people that are holding the light for me. During the break, I deliberately meditated and got quiet in my heart and asked for the right words to come through on today's show because I insisted on doing it live because I wanted to come from a place of purity and heart about my own that I've learned from this group of people in Milwaukee. And also, I just want to say that, (laughs) yeah, I know it's getting a little shaky here and there, but I can feel the love that's coming from hundreds of people out there right now. And I want to thank you for standing beside me while I do this because it's quite a stretch. I know many of you were touched by the media interviews that you saw from the victims at the temple right after the event and in the past week that this thing has unfolded. What you see is what you get when you work with the Sikh family. I'm surprised by the overt and obvious immediate forgiveness and confusion of why them. I know many of you don't understand that, and it was almost like they were exuding this disturbing calmness on camera. And you could tell by the media people that were covering it, some were very touched by their immediate reaction and what they have and their unwavering sense of staying in that place of forgiveness and calm. Well, of course, first we have to take in consideration the shock value of the whole thing. I'm I'm sure some of them weren't even comprehending what was going on. But if you separate all that out, you can still see the essence of their religion in the middle of this chaos. What you see is what you get. They truly believe on camera and off camera What is to be is to be. I'm sure that they did what they know best, which is what we did, which is we went into prayer and meditation. I'm sure that other groups and group meditations in homes and in other good waters across America and in the world went back to what they know best, which is calm, understanding that everything has purpose, and that they have to understand the purpose and live with what they have in front of them. I know many of you probably wanted them to see outrage and anger from these people. And believe me, they want answers too, just like the rest of us. And they want the exposed truth to come forth, just like the rest of us. But the reality is, they're going to leave that all up to us. They have to go back to what they know, their human nature of the community, which is go back 
inward, inside, and find the answers to the chaos of what they've been going through. Now, understand this goes against the grain of what many of you believe. And in in their religion, they expound on peaceful methods of resolution, resolution, no matter what the circumstances. They're modeling to the rest of us a different reaction that's causing a reaction from the rest of us. They model what they believe in. They're doing what they do most in each and every day. And I'm going to give you an example that I saw. There was a woman, an Indian woman, that was at the Gurdwara, and she was in the parking lot when the gunman showed up. And in the interview on television, she said that she noticed this man and that she gave him a glimpse, but she didn't stop him because he was different from them. She simply let this man pass by. That's because they truly believe in letting anyone come through the doors of their own temple, no matter what nationality, no matter what avenue they come from, anything is welcome at their temple. Now, let me tell you that I've only been at this temple once for a meditation, but I have been involved personally in the Sikh community in members of their worship place of worship now for over a dozen years. And I can tell you they're calling upon their higher power to take them and deliver them on the other side intact for what they believe in. They're not people that recruit others or convince anyone else to worship them. They simply accept anybody who comes through their doors, including the gunmen that came to their services on Sunday. Their religious ways are the same as their cultural ways. They are devoted to morning prayers that they say both evening and morning every single day. There are complete differences that struck me as I started getting into this, and I want to share just a few of them. There were little glimpses along the way that you can tell from what they're saying if you know this crowd intimately and this group of religious worshipers. Another man asked about their Bible. It's called the Guru Gansad. It's very sacred to them. And one of the men in the press release asked when they could get back into their temple because they were concerned about their Bible. They handle it in a different way than I've ever seen before. They hold it in such reverence it's almost hard to look at. This man wanted to know when they could get back and tend to the safekeeping of their Bible. Every Sikh home I've ever been to, they create a sacred, separate space dedicated specifically for this sacred text. It's covered in a shroud when the book is not in use, and they make time to read it each and every day. When it's open, you're not allowed to point your feet at the book while it's exposed, and it must and you must cover your head at all times. 
these kind of things have struck my soul for many years now because they elevate their book and their text and the way of life to to a a way that I have never seen before. They take great care in understanding that they are the keepers of their religious faith, and they keep on teaching it even in chaos, as many of you have seen. The other thing that they do that strikes me as incredible They take their Bible, and at least once a year, they sit in meditation and prayer and read their Bible, their Guru, their Bible, word for word, from sunup to sundown, nonstop, until they are finished. Now, we're talking a thick Bible, a thick text. I've been able to do this process with them several times in the past now. People come in and come out. They listen. They read. They experience. And they keep doing it till they're finished. At first, I was really jealous because I'd never heard of this before. Had, and I have never done this before. I've never seen a group of individuals so dedicated and paying homage to their lineage of religious ancestors that they have come to know and their Bible. It was beyond my comprehension when I first saw it. This is one of my goals someday. I would love to get a group together and do the same thing with my Christian Bible. Just to show respect towards the content of who and what it represents in my life and taking time out to teach my children and my friends the same thing. If you had the opportunity to read passages from this book, you would see what they're modeling is what's in their book. They believe in oneness. They believe that we are not separate islands anymore, that we are all a communal faith of interdependence that need to learn and experience each other in full space full value of who and what they are. They stand and believe in complete inclusion, non-exclusion for any other faith. They're not interested in changing your beliefs, and they're not interested in pushing their belief system on top of you. They simply want to be beside you and worship their own God in the mind and set for where you're at. You know what's interesting is that when I was, the night of the shooting, I had to go to my friend's peak's house, and we did what we needed to do. We talked, we prayed, we talked, we prayed. And in between them, there were hundreds, and I'm not kidding, hundreds of phone calls from other Sikhs around the world and other religious people that know our friends and know the pain that they were going through as a group. I have the ability to talk to one of those people, and here's what they're saying out in the world beyond America.
there are people in other communities, in the other side of the world, in the Indian community and the world on that side of the East. There was an article that was written by one of these Indian people, and he was taken by the police officer that risked his life, both of them, for the people of the Sikh community in Oak Creek. He wrote in this article that he couldn't believe that other faiths and these police officers did their job to their highest value to go and protect their Sikh friends and community dwellers in the way that they did. Because you see in their lives, these kind of killings and murderous acts are common every day. They don't, they've become so numb to a certain extent, they realize this is a part of their chaos. This person in the article had praise for the way everybody in Oak Creek community was coming together to take care of these Sikh people and their temple. I understand that we are shaken, and I understand that we are taken to our core, not only as a Sikh community, but as Christian followers and other denominations in the melting pot of the world. But what I need for you to see is that we are all interconnected now. We are all part, and the police officers and the people of the Oak Creek community in Milwaukee are demonstrating that to the rest of us. Yes, it was a senseless act of violence, but let's not over be overtaken by the bigger view of the compassion and love and respect that each one of these people involved in this process and this horrible event came together as one to heal and understand people that are different than us. Our religious differences didn't make any difference at that point in time during the crisis, and it shouldn't make any difference as we're healing on the other side. We still are the greatest melting pot in the world. Even though we're going through all these tragedies, we are making progress. People all over the world do not hesitate to still want to come to America because in spite of these events, what they saw was the love between all of us. It didn't have anything to do with religion or spirituality. It had a purpose of healing and getting out of a crisis together as a formed group, a cooperative inner relationship, religious and spiritual event where we all came together. We still believe in the practice of religious freedom and one lone gunman is not going to deter our desire to be in, in this community of spiritual understanding and loyalty to what we believe in as our own truth. 
Next week, I'm off to Asia to learn more about my spiritual quest of the world and see how that culture and spiritual ways blend together at a place called Amkor Wat. Join me next week. And remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I love my Sikh friends. And I hope the rest of the world begins to understand and have gratitude for what they give back to the world as well. I'll see you next week. High noon, same time, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before, just like Jillian warm and fuzzy with an attitude so change already 